Alrighty, so we've had a few weeks off, mostly just because we have very busy lives and schedules at the moment. But we're back, and it's with a fun one for episode 12. It's another random show, where we basically have a good old chit-chat about what's on our minds in the land of health and fitness. We cover whoop, and spoiler alert, there's some traitors in the midst. <coughs> Lewis. We also get into a discussion about personal health metrics, which ones we find important, and also the dangers of overanalyzing them. We talk about my recent back injury and how I'm dealing with that setback. And we also have an interesting discussion on the minimum effort needed to maintain muscle mass and cardio fitness, and how that can help you think about the big picture of results. Quick one before we jump in. As usual, you can support the show by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or by giving the episode a thumbs up on YouTube. This helps spread our content further on those platforms so it's super helpful to us. And if you want to get notified when new episodes are out, follow or subscribe to our channel from wherever you listen to it. Okay, enjoy the episode. I think the backwards cap is back in now, though, isn't it? I've seen a no, few people no, watching the backward hat. Yeah, no, they... It's back in for a particular demographic of individuals. <laughs> Daniel is in that demographic. I mean, <laughs> no, it's because Rich, saw... Rich just can't make it work, and he's not happy about it. But that's okay. I've seen a few. But Daniel, you can't make it work either, buddy. I don't know where you're going. <laughs> it's, uh, I forget who it was recently that I've seen. I think maybe Rich Froning was rocking the backward hat. I mean, to be fair, Rich Froning can do whatever he wants. Yeah, he can do whatever the hell he wants. Like, it's Rich Froning. I mean, Daniel ain't Rich Froning. I'm just putting it out there. Like, better. He's better. All right, let's get stuck in. We've had a. How many weeks have we had off now? Like three or four. Bit of a hiatus, right? Yeah, I think it's been about a month. Yeah, it's just a. Feels like ages. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be good to catch up and. I think what we'll do is a bit of a random show today. Uh, actually, like, yeah, we'll do a random show today. I think next week uh, we might have a guest on and uh, we're going to be talking about alcohol, which would be pretty cool. We all have like pretty good and differing views around that. And then I think we get to squeeze one more episode in before Christmas, which is probably a good idea to talk about how we're tackling the holiday period in terms of training and eating and stuff like that. So, yeah, we'll just do a bit of a random show today, shall we? Good plan. I'm very excited about our guest next week, by the way. Are we, gonna, are we not going to reveal, reveal too much? I think that would uh, be great. Yeah, we reach, we like, yeah, we've reached peak podcast level. We don't have guests coming on. Yeah. I mean, that's a... yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's your cousin, Barry, right? Yeah, cousin Barry. Yeah, yeah. Join us yeah, next yeah. week. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I think that'd be um, good fun. Yeah, Rich doesn't know Barry. Obviously, Barry's a good friend. I've worked with Barry and a good friend with him. And he's Lewis's cousin as well. And he's uh, he's actually just hit six months over. So he's, he's given up um, whilst Daniel's uh, disappeared. So, uh, yeah, it'll be yeah, it looks like cool it. to chat to him. I don't know if that's that like uploading thing. It happens every single time. You uh, you you cut out for a bit, Daniel. Uh, okay, so, yeah. I was just saying. Um, Barry just hit six months sober. Oh, which is pretty ask. interesting. So six yeah. months, no drinking. At six all. months, not a drink. Wow. Um, I'm like two and a half years. That's I'm very like impressive. Five or six Richard's days. Like two days. Yeah, two <laughs> days. Two three days. I, was say, I had a drink on Sunday. <laughs> on four days. So that'd be a good session. It'd be a good one next week. Yeah. It's a random show. Cool. What do we? So what's uh? Yeah. Where, what would be good to go? Anything new that you guys have uncovered, unpacked, started doing, or anything like that? Health wise, gym wise, anything? We should discuss the fact that Daniel's broken. Yes, unfortunately. I mean, he's also his internet's broken, but Daniel himself is broken. I, I believe that is. Mm. Uh, it's been I'm an back. unfortunate I'm going to have to do something to fix up my internet. It's been a bit slow lately. Are, you going to, are we going to talk about your back, Daniel? The injury? Do you want to... Yeah, we can do. I, I wanted to, I wanted to try and squeeze in your angriness at Whoop, but we can start with my back if you want. Oh yeah, I'm happy to talk about. My, I forgot about that. Let's start, <laughs> let's start with your. Let's start no, with your angriness about yeah. Whoop. It's funnier. Let's do that because it's actually weirdly had. I've I've also changed my view on Whoop since that angriness as well. So uh, like you, you, me it's too you a little first. bit as well. Ah. You go first. You've, you've been, you 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 are a, you're so, a, a spark of inspiration for me on the loop side, actually. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. <laughs> so you're you're I, taking legal action against Whoop, right? I, for yes, your recovery scores. Yes. Yeah. Um, We're tooling up. We're tooling up. So I think what so I ended up just going on a real rant on like a, a WhatsApp message. I think with the the two of you, where I just 
It was like two let, in the morning, a bottle of yeah. wine down. You were just yeah. letting loose. So I just let, I let it rip. I was like, I'm getting really annoyed with Weep. So here's the thing that I was, um, that I was getting really bothered with Weep about. And so I'd wake up in the morning and it would tell me my recovery score. Well, there was two things that really irritated me. One, I think I'm going to stop, is the sleep. Because I, I don't know, it's a real sensitive subject for me. And I think I, I've openly spoken about sleep before, purely because I'm a dad of three. And they're like seven, four and one. So I'm rarely going to get optimal sleep. So for me, it's like, I just have to soldier on and like crack on. But the thing that Whoop was really pissing me off about was I would get a message at five past seven in the evening or something ridiculous like that. And it'd say, in order to achieve your like uh, good measure or metric on your sleep metrics, we recommend going to sleep. <laughs> and I'm like, on what planet? Am I going to go to bed at five past seven because I'm waking because I've got it that my alarm's set for five and it's like you need to be in bed for 10 hours. You need to. And I'm just like, it just started really irking me because I was getting these messages saying that I need to be in bed by 7 p.m. And I'm like, it's just not going to happen. So that was one bit. The sleep thing just annoyed me. And then the second bit was on the recovery scores. So there was about there was a week where I was doing. So I recently moved home. So sold a place, bought a place. And for the couple of weeks before then, it was obscenely busy with just packing boxes, staying up late, just lifting stuff, moving stuff. Just it was my strain score was insane. So it was fully active. But every day it was telling my recovery was really, really low. But I was feeling great. And I was looking at it and I was like, it's telling me my recovery is 20%, for example, and saying you should really take it easy. And I was like, but I feel really good. So I think I was just, and it was just kind of messing with my mind because it was telling me one thing of, oh, you should take it easy. You're not feeling great. When actually I was feeling as though I could really go for it. And it was just kind of messing with me a bit. So that's why I just kind of ended up ranting. So I think the thing that I, I actually quite enjoy with Whoop, the only thing I do like is the strain score. And that just tells me how physically active I've been. Two, two things, actually, I like that. And the second bit I like is the, um, the I think you're, you've mentioned this before, Daniel, around the activity tracking and calorie burn. I do think it's super accurate. So it tells me my activity and how many calories I've burnt for that day. So I'm for me, I'm just trying to eat, make sure I eat enough so that I'm actually not wasting away. Because on those days of the moving, I, I was hitting like 4,000 calorie burns, like four and a half thousand calories, which is just obscene. So my maintenance is 2,000. And it was just nonstop lifting boxes and moving and doing stuff. So uh, those two things I like, the sleep and recovery, not so much. So that was my rant. So what what did you guys, uh, how, how have you guys changed your thoughts on everything then? So I, I think let's let's kind of go back a little bit to when that rant started. And my initial reaction to your rant was just like, you just don't like hearing the truth. I was like, Wolf's <laughs> just telling you what you don't want to yeah. hear, which is, dude, you need more sleep. Like I, I, that was my initial reaction was just like, if it's telling you you need that amount of sleep, it's probably because you do need it. Now, I totally agree. You're never going to go to bed at 7 p.m. because like it's just never going to happen. But I kind of felt like it probably is it's probably more that you don't want to hear it versus it being wrong. Um, like in, in kind of that, that, that kind of realm. But I, I had a moment probably about two weeks ago. I was like, actually, why the hell am I even using whoop? Mm. And cause I, I was like, well, I don't really care about his recovery score. I, I, it doesn't change what I'm going to do on a daily basis. Uh, I know if I have a drink the night before it goes red, and if it doesn't, I sleep well, it stays green. Um, I mean, my workout, it doesn't tell me if I'm going to work out or not. It's, I am going to be doing my workouts on my, on my schedule. It, it doesn't affect that. The only thing it really does is it kind of allows me to see, as you say, like the calorie burn, it's estimated calorie burn, which I then use to make sure I'm either in a deficit or a surplus, depending on what my kind of goals are at the time. And so I've got to a point where I actually, it's kind of getting a bit annoying. I have this thing on my wrist. It's kind of annoying to keep it charged. I'm looking at it less and less and less. Like I don't even, it used to be every day I'd look at it two or three times to a point now where I'm looking at maybe once or twice a week and, and not caring to where I'm actually at a point where I'm thinking I'm taking it off. Like I actually think, I think I'm done. I think I used it to get my habits to a place where it made sense and, and kind of became, it became habitual. But actually since your little kind of uh, burst, 
I, I it's forced me to just like ask him a couple of questions, and I was like, actually, my habits are so well formed. It, it doesn't. I don't think I actually. I don't know what I'm going to be using it for, really. Like, and yes, I get the whole like calorie burn thing, but like, I think you know we're all fairly tuned in at this point. I I generally know if I've had an active day or not. I generally know how much I burn on a daily basis. Like. I know if I'm doing an hour's worth of zone two, it's going to be a three to 3,200 day with 10,000 steps generally. And I know if I'm doing a weight training day, I'm going to be around a 2,500 day. I'm, I'm kind of, that's, it's so consistent. And if I do nothing and sit on my ass all day, it's a 2,000 calorie day. Like it, it, I don't think I need it, frankly. And I think my diet's under such good control that I think I've, I've used it to get to a place where my habits are strong enough where now I actually, I, I, I don't see the benefit for me at this point in time. And I, you know, a month ago, I would have sworn by it. I would have said it's essential to my kind of fitness, like, routine. And, and now, actually, I, I've, as of yesterday, like, literally last night before this call, I was thinking about it. I think Lewis might be on something here a little bit. Like, actually, like, I'm sorry. So I, I reckon what I'm going to do for this Christmas period, because I, I don't, I, I'm going to take it off and just not have it for a few weeks and see how I feel. But I've got a feeling having less data may feel actually a little bit nicer at this point. Um I'm not, I, I still going to calorie track because I find that incredibly useful. Like I actually do use that pretty substantially because I think I, I naturally would overeat otherwise. I think e- even though I have a very strict diet and, and whatever, I still naturally kind of head towards 3000 calories a day quite, quite happily. Um, so calorie tracking is still very important for that piece of data, but whoop wise. Yeah. I, I think, I think I'm taking it off. I'm going to live without it for a month and see how we go. You, you make a really good point in there though. And it was it was really useful up until your habits got nailed in and dialed in. So and it's it's like everything. It's you use it as long as it's useful for. You use it for the for the amount of period that you actually need it. And then after that, it's like actually habits are dialed in, probably don't need to do it anymore. So your point on that I think is spot on. And so one thing I'll add as well is one thing I really was curious about was what my metrics were as well so what my heart rate variability was what my resting heart rate is what just to get a general sense of where am i at and now i know it's something that i could probably take off for six months put it on again yeah. in six months time and think is it still the same is it tracking similarly is it it doesn't have to be an everyday thing so i think to your point around getting the habits dialed in those is really useful yeah, sorry, sorry, and, and your point there is great with HRV. Sorry, Dan, I know you wrote this. I would, but I did indeed use it on the heart thing as well because mm-hmm. I love seeing my heart uh, metrics improve over time. Like um, my resting heart rate, you know, when when I'm in the zone, you can just see it week by week, just dropping and dropping and dropping. And then when I get out of it, um, like due to illness or due to going on holiday, you can see it starting to creep back up. So I think that's yeah. great and it's useful, but. In the grand scheme of things where I'm at today, does it really fundamentally benefit me anymore? No, I don't think it does. And therefore, mm. having extra data inputs is just another another piece of yeah. noise. And I'm not sure I need that extra noise. Um, so yeah, I look. Initially, like I say, when, when, you, when, you, when you said it, I was like, mm, I'm, I'm not sure. And, then, and, that, and now I'm kind of like, hey, you know what? Maybe I think um, the man might have been onto something. And I think I've, kind of, I've come your direction. There's, there's a lot of truth in what you said, though. I didn't want to hear it. And I didn't want to see it. And it'd say, that's just me. we like, just thinking I'm a soldier. That's me thinking. I'd rather, have, I'd rather have David Goggins in my ear. That's, I'd rather have him in my ear saying, get out of bed, you pussy. Get out of bed. Go for a run. Do something hard. I'd rather have that. Not giving then. your body will not yeah. fail you. Yeah. Yeah. Then telling me, I'll oh, take it easy. Go to bed at I, 6 day. I think I'm probably somewhere in the middle. And again, like Rich, like you, when I first uh, heard Lewis's rant, I was probably the same as you. I'm like, right. Lewis is just right. Lewis is uh, just not liking what it's telling him. Like, and even just right now, you're like, I love the strain bit, but I just don't like the sleep bit. But that's because you're an absolute beast, and your and your strain is really high, and your sleep is low. So, like, there's that, right? Um, you just like what yeah. you want to like, and you don't like what you don't want to like. So, I wonder, I think, I think, I wonder, if, any, I wonder if anyone else tells you to go to bed, you have that same reaction. If Amelia goes, hey, you need to be in bed tonight early. Yeah. You, do you have the same reaction? Yeah. <laughs> a visceral, stay away. Don't tell me yes. what to do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I'm, I, I might actually get to where you're at, Rich, actually, where I might just t- kind of take 30 days off just to kind of see how it feels and to kind of like strip the noise back. Um, 
there are definitely some things with Whoop that I still find really, really useful. Like I actually don't put that much stock in the recovery score. It's just a custom algorithm by Whoop anyway, right? Like that's mm-hmm. just made up. Um, there is definitely an element of like, if my habits are on track and I'm sleeping well and I'm feeling pretty good, it will be green. If I have a shit night's sleep, if, if I was to drink, which I don't do anymore, but like I would see it immediately in the red. So like, but, but I probably know that anyway. So there is an element of like broadly, it's I think that the recovery score is fairly accurate um, and it could be useful, um, I think, to kind of like have a sense of whether you should be pushing it or whether you should be resting. But I think for people that are pretty in tune with habits and know what they're doing, you know where that's going anyway, right? Um, but there's a bunch of things that I still find useful for it. So I still use the, um, the, the real time heart tracking for zone two, which I find really useful to kind of keep my, keep my heart rate at about 130, 135. And I'm often dialing that up and down during a zone two session of which I'm doing a couple of hours of a week. So I find that really useful. Um, I like the resting heart rate and the HRV trend like you do, Rich. Um, like for example, again, I probably know it anyway, but with hurting my back and then my activity going down and there being a little bit of a slip on some of the food stuff, my my resting heart rate has ticked up and my HRV has ticked down. And again, I kind of probably knew that, but it's nice just to see it because it gives me a little bit of a, like, a jolt to be like, look, I've got to keep my habits on track. Otherwise, this trend is going to continue and I don't like that. And I've got to try and get back to the activity. And it's just a nice reminder that actually physical activity, ignore all of the habits actually, physical activity to me seems the number one indicator was to whether my resting heart rate is low and my HRV is up. Because as soon as I stepped back from it, like with my back injury, the numbers started to reverse. Um, and I think, Rich, like when you had your um, Murph moment as well, that also happened for you when you had to back off and not do a lot, your things switched. And again, when you go and do the holiday and things like that. So again, sometimes the, these things, I use them for more like quite subtle reminders of what's important rather than get too over the top on what it's telling me like day to day and then the other thing i find really um important still is the sleep and that's probably because i am i know that i'm so much more sensitive to sleep than other people so for me it's really important that i get my sleep and it can be easy for me to kind of like get some sleep and then i don't quite appreciate how much sleep i've had and sometimes i'll be like oh wow that's five and a half like yeah i didn't quite appreciate i went to bed a bit too late and woke up a bit too early and or like I woke up too many times in the night and I'm like, that's a reminder. I'm in bed for 9 p.m. the next day because I want to counterbalance. I can't have a couple of five and a halfs on a row because for me, I start to get anxious and I will probably be more open to injury because I'm just more sensitive to a lack of sleep. So I still find like four or five things about it pretty useful, but I totally agree. Like as soon as you start to overanalyze this stuff and start trying to use it to do day-to-day like recommendations which is kind of what whoop tells you you should do but i just think that's marketing nonsense like end of the day i find it subtly useful on a number of levels which means i'll probably keep it but um yeah uh, maybe uh, trying a 30-day no noise experiment sounds pretty interesting too sounds like you've got it pretty uh well balanced though with how you're managing it and looking at it i guess i was i was just taking i was just getting annoyed by it when actually i should just not pay that much attention just use it for the things that I like. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's taken literally, right? I think I, I'm one of those where I've got the data. I start getting a little bit literal. I, mean, I think if you remember, uh, Daniel, when I first got onto Whoop, because you, you introduced me to it probably 18 months ago. And actually, I struggled for the first six weeks. I would take it quite literally. Like, what do you mean I've done this today? What do you mm. mean 2,300 calories? Sod off. I've been hiking. That's not true. Um, like, it, it would be like a... Mm. or Because it's useless at weight, like weight training stuff. And, and my old training regime had very little... Um, like I used to do very actually let's kind of something to you. I do strength days and cardio days completely separately. So my strength mm. would just literally be in the weights room for an hour, an hour and a half. So your heart rate doesn't really get above, you know, a hundred, 110. Cause you'd literally, I would just do kind of very traditional weight training, uh, like Olympic lifting stuff. And then we'd be like, Oh, you've only burnt 2200 calories today. Yet I was starving because I spent an hour in the weights room. So like for me, mm. I really struggled with whoop on that side. And I think, Danny, when you're saying it like the recovery thing, what I've actually learned is I kind of ignore recovery now because I yeah, actually have I some of the best thing. workouts. I have some of the best workouts when I've got low recovery. And actually, I know if I'm not feeling great, like um, I was at a wedding, I think, a couple of weeks ago, and uh, I drank too much. Let's just put it that way. Uh, friend's wedding, uh, too much. So the next day, my recovery was 8%. 8. Single digit 8%. I was very red. So... 
you know, it's like, oh, you must rest up today. That was the wrong thing. What did I, I didn't rest up. I hit the gym as hard as I could do. I hit the bike and I sweated out for 90 minutes. And I felt amazing afterwards because that was what I needed yeah. to go do. Yeah. yeah. So for me, it's kind of, it's almost like a, there's a, there's a counter. It's, it's not as intuitive, mm. I don't think, as, as we might. I think James said it oversimplifies. I think in that situation, mm. my recovery was 8%. It's saying I should go and do nothing all day and sleep. But actually the right thing to do was to go and just, really work out hard and foot and get your body back on, back on track so yeah i think look, it's a bouncing out i agree with Daniel, everything you said there that especially around kind of the heart rate monitoring and the hrv stuff and i, I think it's very useful i think for me i am going to go i've just decided i'm going to do a 30-day cold turkey not use it and just see what changes and if I, i'm happier or less happy with without having yeah, it that's a good idea um good plan. <clears throat> I, I just want to say i'm so impressed with your eight percent recovery score that you must have had a great night at the wedding. Like that is so, really yeah. quite impressive. I, That's by the, the way, lowest I've ever seen. On Saturday night, on Saturday night, I had like a, a case of insomnia type of thing. So I had two hours sleep, and I was four percent the next day. No. Oh, I don't I think was like, I was like checking for a heartbeat. Four percent. I'll send you a screenshot of it. Mind you, because the, the way it works out, right, is about how much your HRV's dropped, your HL, your resting heart rate's gone up, or your respiratory rate's gone up. The lowest mm. I had was COVID. Like, COVID took me down to 3%, maybe even 2%. I have to look it up. Like, that was the lowest. And this is my second lowest. But, and this is what we can talk about this next week. I don't drink very often. So when I do we'll drink, sleep. it hits pretty hard. Mm. And that's mm. just what happened. So, like, I hadn't had an alcohol for about six to eight weeks. Um, and then I went to a friend's wedding with, with some other friends. And, you know, we started at midday and, and, it, and it, it just went on a little bit longer. You know how weddings go. And the next day was, was, was ugly. And so, you know, it, it, was, it was right. My recovery should have been red. I didn't feel brilliant. Um, but, you know. 4%. Yeah, I, think sleep, I think sleep has the biggest impact on recovery score, which is one largely to do with the WHOOP algorithm. But also there's an element of truth, right? Like, the, like, it's no like when mm. when you drink we know that your body is not really going to get into the more deeper restorative restorative sort of periods of sleep um and that's going to bring your hrv down and it's going to bring your resting heart rate up and the same goes for me i have two hours of sleep like when you sleep for two hours all you do is get light sleep you're not getting into rem sleep you might get a little bit of deep sleep if you're if you're lucky <clears throat> so again it just screws everything up so you know whether it's four percent or eight percent it is a good indication of like you're kind of like you don't want to do that again otherwise you're going to find yourself ill Mm. Here's, here's, here's something interesting when we think about whoop and recovery so my wife uh, is, is a paramedic as, as you guys know so she works shifts uh, that's just the nature of being you know a frontline 999 paramedic so she's always on shift patterns like then they're they're really horrible shifts like they're, they're mm. kind of 12 hours they're like nine at the night till, till kind of nine in the morning they're, they're, mm. they're just and, and they're changing over four on four off so she never has stable sleep ever and her recovery is always around 15 20 percent and it, yeah. but like and it has been she's been on whoop for a year or so like i got her on whoop so we can kind of keep an eye on it it hasn't affected like sure she's tired down again and then you know certain days which mm. is a day off you know she'll sleep for like 16 hours and catch up whatever but mm. she's still functioning fine and she's still in the gym you know three four times a week it doesn't re actually hasn't actually made massive difference even though whoop effectively says that she's always operating at 20 percent. Mm. she's not any more sick she's not like there's no lack of energy like i don't know there, there is an element of that which kind of swaying me a little bit which is like mm. Mm, how how i'm I don't, like, but shift things are terrible for you They're, and it's a temporary <laughs> thing for her yeah. it's terrible for you and i'm not trying to say it's not it's just more that the recovery is always really really poor but she still functions and has been functioning fine for well over a year at this point so it's but th that's why i think it's probably only looking at one side and you could look at it on a flip side where you could say that i know when when becca i think i think she was doing a paramedic job before she got the whoop right yeah um yep. so what would happen if now she just got a different job slept a more regular pan started to get grids would she actually get better results and feel better and again the same is true for you lewis like you for a long time you've been pushing your body incredibly hard and you haven't been sleeping that long because of kids and life and stuff like that like it is what it is but mm. what would happen if you actually did prioritize your sleep and you did dial down the intensity a little bit you don't know what that experiment would do for you 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 might feel better and you might get more gains like you know here's, here's so, where so i look at it though yeah so 
I, I think so. This is such an interesting Whoop discussion, by the way. Like Whoop needs to listen to this. Like, they need to, they, so they need to update their algorithm to make it pers- individual specific. So, for instance, for your, for my example of, I can still hit a strain of twenty, sleep at X, and my recovery is this. It should calculate my recovery score based on what I've previously done and saying, actually, for you, given that you have done that, and exactly to your example as well, Rich. For your missus, it's a, well, actually, she's a parameter. Even with these scores, she's still able to do X, Y, Z. So maybe her recovery is better. So I'd probably flip it and say it probably needs to be more amended. Yeah, I don't know about that. To... That doesn't sound right. But, so I, I suppose that, well, I'm going to interject there a little bit because I think the algorithm is, is almost, I think it has the same for almost everybody because it's based on mm. pure kind of stats, right? Heart rate, HRV, mm. sleep, whatever. And they're kind of standard. But I think the difference here, and Daniel, you touched a bit on this with your sleep, is I actually think it misses the mental component that we're all very unique and individual at. So, for example, let's take yourself, Lewis. I think physically, it's probably right. You know what? You, you probably are not as recovered. But mentally, because you have to work out every day, and if you didn't, you would feel terrible because, you know, you've, that is who you are. I think what happens is like the mental side takes over and, and that's how you feel. And I, I think my wife's kind of similar, which is she loves her job. I mean, l- loves it. So her not doing that and doing normal shifts, I reckon we would say, yes, you're much more recovered, but she wouldn't be as happy. And that happiness, that mental stability is what then pulls her through and makes her actually feel better. And I think I'm kind of like, if I think about myself as well, like Whoop might say, hey, you're not very well recovered. I love being out in the rain and the shit and doing stuff that I know most other people wouldn't do or being on that bike at 6am and just like racing on it or, or whatever, or whatever it might be, because mentally it puts me in a really good space and then I feel a lot better. So I, I think whoop is such a good physical indicator, but I think actually it misses, and, it, and I don't think it ever could get is kind of the mental side of all of these things. And like Daniel, you said, with your sleep, you feel anxious for not having much sleep or whatever else. I don't suffer from that personally. It's like, I can go, mm. as, as you know, when we've worked together, I can quite happily go and, and miss a night's worth of sleep. That isn't a thing for me. Like, it is fine. So, and I wouldn't get any anxiety from it. I mean, I'd have to catch up a few days later, but like, it, it isn't a thing for me. But for you to do that, that would really hit you. Now, that, that whoop, our whoop score might be identical because we're both, you know, our heart rates and whatever else. But mentally, I think it's in a slightly different place. And so... I don't know whether we ever could do that, right? I think that's kind of the, that's the uniqueness which I think you all have to we all have to kind of just accept. Unless it asks you a question of how you're feeling. So in the morning, how are you that? feeling? I think does no, it do yeah, that with yeah, stage yeah. If you switch if you switch, if you switch a journal on, I switched my journal off a, a while ago. Yeah, I think there is a, a journal thing where it can it can yeah, ask, on the it can ask you those things. Yeah, journal thing. Yeah, mm. yeah. But Rich, I think that's the right way to think about it. Like. Mm. And then that's where it comes to like, everybody is a unique person. And that's why like, if you can step back from being so analytical about it and just look at that dashboard, but then make your own decisions and detach yourself and not get too bent out of shape about it, you can use it well. Mm-hmm. I think if you start trying to get it to factor in, I think basically what you're asking Lewis is for Whoop just to kind of sort of slightly tell you what you want to tell you. Yeah, at the end of the day, what it's telling you is like resting that's... heart rate and HRV and the the key metrics that it uses respiratory rate and things like that like these are baseline health biomarkers right so like you can't argue with those things so like uh, so and, and that's oh, what and yes, you can, you argue can. With, you, yeah you can argue with the algorithm but what Lewis is saying like no no i just like smashing my body and not sleeping much so i'd prefer if you just like tailor it to me can you just like give me a 30 percent uplift on my recovery please <laughs> It's so true. That's so true. Nailed it. So true. Just tell me what All I want right. to hear. Let's uh, let's 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 shift to something different. Um, we could we could talk about my back injury. We won't talk. I, I wrote something about it, so I'll put a link to the um, to the article. So we won't go into too much detail. But yeah, it sucks. Like three weeks ago and it's super ironic i went to see a back specialist to get more advice around my back but my back was feeling great i just wanted more advice around over the long term things i could do to kind of improve what felt like still i'm working around things and take and trying to kind of lower the risk in terms of exercise selection and stuff like that but yeah like um it, it was ironic that i went to see a back specialist he gave me some good confidence that i can improve my back over the longer term um I, I and then literally two days later 
um i get a gigantic twinge um and i'm still feeling it like i know that when i twinge my back back like bad in the gym that's a six-week recovery it's it's one to two weeks of walking and twinges it's another couple of weeks of sort of like tightness but like starting to get back into the gym and doing things and then there's usually another couple of weeks that it takes to get it back to the point where like i can still feel there's some risk as i have always felt but I can easily work around it and work very, very hard if I'm careful, which is where I was like three weeks ago. And now I'm three weeks into a six week ish kind of recovery. So like for me, December is like get better. <laughs> like I'm back in the gym now doing things, zone, you know, some zone two and it all like more like interval stuff on the bike. I'm doing some exercises, but I'm not back on my normal training regime and that won't happen until January. So yeah, that's caused me to be six weeks out, which is super annoying. Um, but I guess as, as yeah, go on, Rose. I was, just, I was very impressed at how you uh, approached it from a mental standpoint because I would have been so pissed off. <laughs> Whereas you kind of, I think you got annoyed, but then processed it and you were like, it is what it is. I know what I need to do. And you were just so, so cool with it. I was, I was, I was, uh, pissed to st- I was super pissed to start with um, because I hadn't had that for 18 months and I've been able mm. to really effectively train around it for a long, long time. Um, so yeah, I was really pissed for like one or two days, but then I was just, you just had to be like, right, I've got to get my head into the right space mm. and approach these next four to six weeks in a way where I can get back to where I need to be as quickly as possible. And I outlined it in the article, but like, you know, there's a whole bunch of things you get from actually getting an injury, which you can sort of take the silver lining of. Like the biggest learning for me is the reason I, I'm pretty sure like 99% of the reason I got the injury is because I changed my warm up. Like I, I took the exercises that the, the back specialist gave me and we had a conversation and we decided like, let's use that as my warm up going forward. But just because if I attach it to five workouts, I'm going to get it done five days a week, right? So why not have that as my workout, as my warm up? And I did that. And it's not a coincidence that the first time I did that, that's what caused my, uh, what caused my back pain. And it made me realize like my actual warm ups, they are exactly what I need to be prepared for the session ahead. And as soon as I skip that, you know, and we, we make like fun of my warmups, but a 20 minute walk combined with like 20, 25 minutes of like very like of dynamic warm-up exercises that like get my hips loose and or if I'm doing overhead stuff and get my shoulders loose and things like that, that makes me feel that that's exactly what I need to take the risk away. Um, and the moment I skipped it is the moment I get back injury. So like, at least like that's a massive, massive learning for me. And even now that I've been in back in the gym like last week, man, I am like twice as diligent around my warm up. Um, I'm doing it really slow, really, really focused on it. I'm just like I know that this is what keeps injury away, um, as well as a bunch of other. How things, right? how long are your workouts now though? If your warm ups are now twice as long as they already were, I mean. This must be like yeah, a three, four hours. Not session. twice as long. Twice <laughs> not as twice diligent. as long. I said twice as yeah. diligent. Oh, just as diligent. So like, yeah. I, I, I am. Oh, okay. I am just. I am really thinking about it. I'm being very mindful about it and intentional. I'm just, just yeah. I just know that like it's it's a, it's a massive investment. If I want to stay injury free and I want to get the most out of my workouts, I need to do a 30, 35 minute piece at the beginning, getting really, really ready for it. Um, and you know, I mean, and it literally. The, it's so crystal clear to me. You've got to remember, like I've been doing hack squats with a with a landmine um, for like six weeks, progressively getting stronger, feeling really, really great as an exercise. Not one twins, nothing comfortable. If anything, I was telling like Jamie, the personal trainer, these feel great. Mm. And then I literally skip the warm up, which has like you know, Lewis, like it has that like um, hip opener, the greatest like, stretch in the world. That one, it has yeah. like. You know, has lots of lunges, has Samson stretch in it, like a lot of stuff that ho- opens up the hips and like stretches out the hamstrings and just gets you moving and nice and warm um, for that movement. Like a good example, again, it's slight, slight, slightly boring warm up stuff, but again, it's got the touch your toes and then just go overhead. And on the first rep of three rounds, I cannot touch my toes. I get to like halfway down my shins. And by the third round of warm up, I'm easily touching my toes. So it just goes to show, like, it really gives me a lot more range of motion by the time I finish the warm-up. The first ascent of the first rep, my back went. You know, it just wasn't ready for it. Like, And again, most yeah. people wouldn't necessarily have that level of sensitivity, right? But that's just me. It's my back issue, yeah. and it's what I need to do, right? Mm-hmm. So 
the thing I'll take from this is like, it's not nice to have a six weeks of, um, of, of a step backwards, but I've just been given the absolute best reminder of how important it is for me to do those, uh, to do those warm ups. So that's, that's, that's the learning from it. And how spot on your warm up is specific for you mm. as well. Yeah. Yep. 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 Well, so we are glad, where we are. Is, it, is it feeling a bit better? Yeah. I'm in that kind of like, like even right now, as we talk, I can feel constant pain in my lower back. Like it's, it's oh, like a 0.5 yeah. out of 10, right? So it's more just like a low level stiffness. Mm. And I get it. It mostly is from standing still in one spot for too long, which I'm doing at the moment, or getting onto the floor and getting back up. Like that's where the risk is, but it's so much better than what it was three weeks ago. I'm doing like 30 minute intervals on an air bike. Um, yeah, I'm nice. doing... Um, I'm doing like a, just a moving gently sort of workout for 30 minutes that has like wall sits, air bike, active hangs, um, sure, ring ropes, some decent stuff then. 30 minutes like yeah, on so the I, bike. Yeah, I, I can that's, get, I can, that's I, a like workout in itself. I'm doing how about many, like 68 RPM. And stuff, awesome. So I'm, move, I'm moving. Quickly. How many, uh, how many calories do you burn in the 30 minutes on the air bike? I think it's like 250 or something. It's good going. Each, all, each five minute interval go. actually is 45 calories. So that's 9180. It's about 2230. No, I'm doing like intervals. So um, that there's so some, five minutes that's on not, there. That's, right, that's right. not all. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, exactly. It would be more otherwise. No, it's not five minutes on, five minutes off. Minutes but straight. I, do, I do five minutes where I do minute one, 50 seconds, 10, 10 rest, and then 40 seconds, 20 rest, and then 30, 30. And then it reverses. So like over the course of oh, a five nice. minute period, I actually probably only work out half. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a nice little uh, set of intervals. So um, it lasts yeah, half nice an one. hour, but you're probably only on the bike actually for half the time and half of it is rest. Nice yeah, one. About 220, did, did your... calories. So. Sorry, Dan, just, and, and by the way, like, I know this has happened to you several times now and obviously you went and saw a back specialist, but, but beyond this, the warm-ups and, and, and whatever else, like, is there actually a path to a solution or is this just a lifelong thing now you've got? It's just like, hey, you've got an issue with the disc or whatever the actual issue is and tough shit. You just got to be mindful of it from now on, or is there a path of they might say, Oh, you know, actually this can be fixed. Yeah. The guy, the guy was pretty confident that if I invest the right kind of time in the right things, I can get to the point where like, it might not necessarily be like 100% normal, but it is not something that needs surgery and it's something that can get very, very close to me being able to do more unpredictable things. That's where the definition is. Like at the moment, my training is incredibly predictable and really like straight, right? Like I'm not taking yeah. much risk at all. The risk comes from like, if I go play tennis, if I go play football, if I do these things that are very unpredictable and like a more spontaneous and, and moving around. And it's like, I, I absolutely think that you can get to the point where you can do that with a low amount of risk. But, you know, in my i think it's like the l5 and the s1 like the, the bottom two actually um there's a leaking in those and there's and there's also information that's touching kind of the nerve as well um so he's given me like a a bunch of exercises that i have to start doing um and do those for a month and then go back to him and then i can progress and do different things but it's like if you build up that kind of core and the back it's like i, I think you can do those things without much risk at all um so i'm i'm that's the other thing, like, you know, once I get this sorted, I can be back in the gym in a on rails, you know, training program that's going to have a very, very low risk of hurting my back. And in parallel to that, I can do the work that's going to help improve my back for the longer term and hopefully get me to the point where the risk is low in doing those things. It's just I am stupid in a way that like, I went to see him and then all of a sudden I've made a mistake. And now I'm like, I'm in pain to the point where I'm not even really able to invest in the program that he gave me to improve my long-term back because it's like, it would be too intense on my back at the moment. But with December out the way, you know, December is just a get ready. And then from January, I'm going to be back to training normally. And rather than substitute my warm up for the exercises he gave me, I'm just going to find a way to do them three to five times a week around it. Um, I'll, I'll put them at the beginning of my zone two um as an extra thing so at least i've got like two points in the week where i will do them and then i'll do them another couple of times outside of it and then i'll be not only back to training but i'll also be working on the long-term health of my back so just got december is get better month good yeah 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 and maybe Sorry. not do that yeah, again. yeah maybe not do that again right um <laughs> get your money back exactly 
Do I get refunded for that session? I mean, I'm fucked up my back yeah. for like six weeks. Do I? Uh, what's uh, going on here? Yeah, exactly. Do you know what though? It, there's it's, a lesson there, right? Which, which th- there's irony in it, but there's also this kind of lesson around this uniqueness. We kind of touch on a little bit, mm. and, and and like as we've all discussed, right? I mean, Daniel's also got your kind of funny back thing. Um, I've got my back thing. Lewis, I know, I know you've kind of you've got historic injuries you kind of ling- that linger around but I think well, no matter what specialist you see you just can never take their word as being gospel like you have to kind of thread it into your, yourself so for Daniel your, your back guy he's probably 100% right with his routine would help your back specifically like that one injury but it, ha- it just happens that because of the way that your uniqueness it means that if you skip your normal warm up actually the other stuff goes as well yes, so I, I, think, exactly I think you have to that. do everything with just a little mm. bit of I don't, I don't care who they are. I don't care kind of what pedigree these individuals mm. have. I think you have to kind of piece it all together and, and see what works for you uniquely. At least with my back stuff over the years, I've learned that. Like I've seen consultants and specialists galore, like lists of them. Um, and they're very, very capable, very successful people in their own right. But none of them individually could help me. I had to take bits from all of them and, and kind of figure out a path that works for me. Uh, and I think I think that Daniel's the same thing you've had there, right? It's, that, it's not the same. That back guy isn't very good and actually isn't giving you some great advice to help you in the long term. Mm. It just happens that he didn't quite appreciate that without your specific warm-up to get you the flexibility to enable your back. Because it's probably, you know, your back was triggered probably by lack of flexibility in your hamstrings or in your, your glutes or in yeah. your hip flexors or, or, or whatever it might potentially be. Um, I just think it's one of those things now, right? It was especially as age kicks in. Hundred percent right. Like, I, I, yeah, hundred percent. Like when he, when he, like, absolutely, I believe he's like. But he, by the way, he looked through my MRI. He did, he did like a, an hour and a half movement assessment with me. He's a very smart guy. He was able to to reproduce the pain really consistently, and have me move in a way that completely took the pain away. So he, he he knows what's going on. He's a very very educated guy, um, and he's like you say, he's a very, he's a specialist around backs. But I took a couple of things too literally from him, um, as like that's the truth, just do that. And and the two things were that one, it would be that doing these exercises would prepare my back for working out in a, in a better way because they're just they're going to help improve my long term uh health and also when i showed him my workouts he was like there's a few movements in there that that have the potential to antagonize your back because he said the things that are going to antagonize your back at the moment is in the extreme um flex and i can't can't even remember the words like the extension and the flex like either either side of the of the spectrum and i'm doing things like a samson stretch and so there's there's some things that kind of like are definitely going to be a little bit risky it's like i wouldn't do those things and i was like cool i'll take that as gold and i even talked about it with jamie and I think Jamie was a little bit sceptical around there, but he was like, let's give it a go. Um, but the reality is I have to take responsibility for my own decisions and I know my body the best. And I think I should have gone, well, hold on a minute. My workouts were like, I have not been injured in 18 months and I know how important my warm-ups are. So even if there's a small amount of risk of perhaps some antagonizing my back with those movements, that's isn't that is so much more important to do that warm-up than trying to kind of build that other one in for habits so i should put it around it and i just didn't think too much about it and i just took his advice as absolute gold i have to do that and you're right like you know it's it would have been more useful for me to take a little bit of a step back and just go like hold on a minute based on what i know how can i incorporate his advice in in the right way and i I just jumped too quickly into it yeah that's the silver Um, lining Yeah. There, there is one other thing that came out of it, which is I think could be a, a quite a good discussion because I was listening to a podcast a couple of days ago and I was really surprised by this. Um, but it's kind of rem- making me feel better about this period where I'm not able to do as much. And it might also um, trigger Lewis as well in terms of how much strain he likes to do. And I like, I like poking at that as well. Um, <clears throat> it was that uh, Max, uh, I could never pronounce his surname. What is it? Lugavir or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. The same thing. Genius life. Genius life. He's a he's a cool guy. Um, and he was he was talking to um, I think it's Audi Gal Andy Galpin or something like that. He's a pretty popular guy in the kind of strength training world. He's been on the Huberman Show and stuff like that. And they were talking about what is required to maintain muscle mass. 
And he was actually saying the benchmark for maintaining muscle mass is actually incredibly low. It's like if you did one workout per two weeks, that would be enough to at least maintain it. It's a lot lower than you think. Like, obviously, that's not going to improve things um, at all. You're not going to gain anything by doing that. But actually, like he was saying that the barrier for people to be able to kind of like not go backwards is actually quite low, which is why you don't need to jump in and do five days a week and just smash it, et cetera. Actually, if most people who were doing nothing just went to doing one training session per week, that would be incredible for them because they would at least then push off going backwards and losing muscle and, and adding risk to their kind of, you know, the, the long term, et cetera. And it made me realize on one hand, it makes me feel a little bit better because, you know, Rich, I know that you suffer with this as well, that as soon as you come off plan, you get really bent out of shape about it, right? And you think you're going to lose mm -hmm. everything. And, and it made me realize this six weeks where I'm in recovery mode, I'm not going to lose everything. Like, here's what I did in the first two weeks. I walked for two weeks. But I'm still walking and moving around and doing things. I'm not doing nothing. I'm not just I'm and I'm not just sitting at a chair. And then quite quickly, I'm back to doing like intervals, ring rows, things like that's actually enough to hold my head above water. Based on based on that, more than enough. And then when I go back into January, I can go back onto the improvement train. So like, yeah, I, I just thought that that was a really interesting way of thinking about it. Like, it takes a lot more to lose your gains than I think. Like we all than we all appreciate. Um, <laughs> I so wish it, made, that it at least made me feel it a little bit better about kind of being in this mode of like not being able to, mm -hmm. to do as much. And it might, it may be challenges Lewis a little bit about yours around like this need to kind of like really push, push your body beyond its limits. And I know, I know, I know that's mentally really important for you and actually uniquely your body can handle it. So that's, that's like, I think if I was in your situation, I'd be doing exactly the same, but it does make you realize that actually you don't need to necessarily go to that extreme level that if, if you take that minimum benchmark as a like, that's what it takes to hold your head above water. Even just moving halfway between that is probably a pretty solid way about improving yourself on a, on a consistent basis. So I don't know. I thought it was interesting. I mean, I, I'm going to interject a little bit with that kind of uniqueness side of things because I'm, I'm sure they're, that's probably scientifically accurate. I mean, it's definitely how I feel. Um, and I definitely, if I feel if I haven't done a workout in a couple of weeks, I feel shit. And, and, and as in, I, I, I think I add body fat dramatically faster than, than, than that period of time. So if I, uh, that'd be one piece of it. But also, like, even if I haven't worked out for, let's say, three, four days, like, I just feel sluggish and, and bloated and just generally just a, a bit rubbish. Um, and you're right on the OCD side, like I, I'm a nightmare. If I have a plan for the week and that goes off track, I get incredibly frustrated, like really fast as well. And I've got worse as I've got older. Um, so, you know, I plan my week out at the beginning of the week and I go, this is what I'm going to do for the week. And even if a workout shifts by a day, I, I really start struggling. Like if I said, I'm going to do a workout, let's say on a, I, I did it this week. Um, work's been nightmare recently. I'm really, really busy. Um, as I, so I, I do my, um, my circuits on Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, right? Because Mondays were a write-off in my world for work. So I had a workout scheduled for Tuesday um, and I didn't get it done. And, and it was just work. It just, I ended up kind of having to go into the office like proper early in the morning. Um, I was like, I saw it. I'll get it done this evening. I'll get it back. By the time I'd actually got to ready for the gym, it was kind of like, I don't know, half seven in the evening and I hadn't had dinner. So I, I was like, right, I'll quickly eat some food now then work out afterwards. Um, so uh, I, I ate kind of 400 grams of steak and a black coffee preparing for the gym, gave myself indigestion, screwed myself over and then felt terrible, missed the workout. So I end up then, so here's, here's what happens though. And then I am furious and not just like a little bit like, oh, that's annoying. The difference it makes of me moving a workout from a Tuesday to a Wednesday is zero. Like zero. How compa how comparable was it to Lewis's whoop rant? Like like qu equivalent. I think I left you a voice. I think I left you a voice note, right? Uh, like I think I sent Daniel a voice note at like ten o'clock at night, just got, just really giving out shit the fact that what a disastrous day this has been. The fact that my diet was like perfect and I've done ten thousand steps just walking between meetings, like it was irrelevant. The fact I missed my planned workout, I was so angry that I woke up on Wednesday morning cancelled every meeting i had wednesday morning last minute told everybody just i'm sorry you, you just have to deal with it um purely so i could get into the gym wednesday do a really good session which i then did and then i felt 
fine and then I, and then they kind of had to catch back up and everything but yeah like for, for, <laughs> so so i i get daniel that i totally get it that, that it's nice to know that actually um you don't lose muscle mass for a couple of weeks but i i couldn't do a couple of weeks of doing nothing i think um i, I would i'd go nuts I would be, yeah, I would by the way, this, nice is not, this is not a call to action. This is not a call to action to work out less, <laughs> I, I, right? But what I, it's basically yeah. saying is it's like a nice reminder that like, okay, so, so actually here's how I thought about it. And I'll go back to my analogy, which uh, I think was uh, like, actually, the more I think about it, I, I, I resonate with it so much, which is like, if you can end the year over the course of 12 months where you have a handful of great months, a handful of good months and a couple of average months, you're going to move forward dramatically. And I don't even say bad months because we, we're not doing bad it's months. Bad months would basically be not working out. We're, we're never going to not mm. work out. And we're never going to work out just one either, by the way. Like an average month would, would probably be two or three workouts, you know, and, you know, some here or there on diet and a bit of stress and stuff like that, which is still f in excess of the one workout per two weeks, which they said is like the minimum to kind of keep the muscle there. Um, it, it was more about, actually just having the right perspective and not getting too bent out of shape because actually what we think is a disastrous off the rails moment is actually still probably falls into the category of good not even average and actually it is not going to set us back it, it, there would have to be a sustained multi-month not working out and eating like a twat to actually go backwards i find it I, super I, interesting it be, be, be somewhat of a, of like 50 percent of the population <laughs> The, the one day per week, I mean, I, I, I like Andy Galpin. I've heard him on a few different podcasts. So if he's saying it, the guy's all over the science behind it, and that makes sense. I, I do think cardio fitness is considerably different, though. So I think I've, I've heard somewhere that if you stop cardio activity for like two weeks, you lose 30% of your... I need to I need to link I need to link it because he actually said it was true across both domains. No. I I I will find I'll find that it's from the most recent Max episode and I'll send the link to you. Interesting. Again, I don't okay. think he's necessarily suggesting like it's cool to take a load of time off, but actually the and he was actually so the, the context was people if you're doing nothing and you're getting all bent of shape about what is the right thing to do like is it strength is it cardio should I be training like this should it be like stop it it's all analyst paralysis or whatever you call it yeah just yeah. start doing something small and somewhat regular because it will make quite a big difference versus doing nothing and that was yeah. the context of which he was talking yeah, about I like and that. he was saying that like there's a very very minimum threshold for cardio and strength just to hold a baseline and to not mm. go backwards and he was he said the same was true for cardio do you reckon though that is kind of I mean, it's, it's a typical of those things on like progression curves, right? Which is if you right now are doing nothing, that's a true statement. But if if you get fitter and fitter and fitter and fitter and fitter, that actually kind of you you will degrade faster. Yeah, that, um, that is a good point. There might be, so I, I don't know the, athlete, the data. Yeah, yeah like I, I can't it's imagine still, if it's you're still less, it's still less than the four hours that you think, Rich. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 24 hours 24 hour limit yeah no by the way yeah mine is a mental thing like i said all, all all of my stuff is in my head like that is my battle my battle is all in my head which i know i'm not i'm not and I'm, that's not unusual i think a lot of other, other people have as well look Lewis, i know you're exactly the fucking same as well i'm because, exactly the same you know, i'm exactly the same yeah you, you know if if, if if you and i were locked in a room and said right don't do anything any exercise at all for a week I mean, I would not want to be anywhere near either of us, like from a company standpoint. I would be the grumpiest yeah. asshole. I mean, I, yeah. I reached that anyway. So, like, that was seven days. Oh, no, it's it's no. a drug for me. It's like I get a high. I, I enjoy, and I need I need to get my fix. It's a I need I need to get my fix. <laughs> so it's a uh, yeah, hundred percent the same. And I, I know it's a like I need to get that little little feeling. <laughs> and then I'm all good. Good, good stuff. Nice. nice. I, I anything else that like? No, no, I'm feeling great right now. Like I'm in the flow again, which is lovely after having like a two month, just like holidays, injuries, surgery, like being out of it. The last, I know, three, four weeks have been pretty much picture perfect which is just such a nice place to be in so diet completely under control working out exactly as plans no injuries running lovely so um 
Boobs and happy, and then um, nice. I took on a. I actually I took on um, Daniel's trainer um, about six weeks ago, and he played a massive role in that as well. Like he's he's programmed some really fun, interesting new type of workouts I haven't done before, and so thoroughly enjoying them as well, which is great. That's awesome. Um, it's worked out really, really well. Yeah, just took me a while to get used to it, like different types of movements and whatever else. But hey, you know, it's been fun. It's nice to have that kind of that change up where it's things are different. So that's uh, that's been great. Um, yeah, I've, I've, cause, uh, yeah spot, it, was a, it was a bit it was a bit sketchy four weeks ago wasn't it yeah i think what well, i had uh, six i mean what you know what's most interesting is my heart rate at the beginning of august resting heart rate was 41 42 um fairly consistently and then you can just see it to that point where i got back it so which look kind of i went in for surgery the first week of september so i, I, I was out of the gym for a middle of august due to holiday then he injured himself doing the murph thingy and there for a week and then i had surgery and so i didn't get back into the gym until the first week of october and my resting heart rate in that period of time went from 42 to 47 so you can just see which actually daniel that calls into question that whole not doing much for like every two weeks right i mean like i, I was still walking i was I, you know i mean i was still active right i, I did fifteen thousand steps on average in the month of september just to kind of compensate but i couldn't work out properly lift weights but yeah, no, my resting heart rate was, um, that's, that's a significant decline. It's now pretty much back to where it was. It just took, it just took a consistent month being back at it. But, um, I thought it was quite interesting. That is, I, I always notice that over Christmas and the holiday period, my resting heart rate goes up just cause I eat and drink too much. Yeah. It's funny yeah. how quickly it goes up and like, actually it comes down pretty quickly as well. Cause then if you do like a detox within two days, it plummets. And it's a, for me anyway, it's like, oh, I can see that I've uh, got things back on track. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Cool. All right. Um, <clears throat> let's wrap then. Uh, next week is alcohol with Barry. So, yeah. Keen to touch there, on I that guess. just before Christmas as well. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just, and also. Uh, Come Rich. I was just said, do we have anyone in the group though who like drinks an awful lot on a regular basis? Because we, we we need someone like that in the group, like of the, of the chat. Because otherwise, we're all a little bit biased. Daniel doesn't drink at all. Lewis, I think you and I, we only drink on kind of social occasions. We're not massively heavy drinkers all the time. No, I think it's an it's it'd be a good one for people <laughs> to hear though, in because I think Barry's got a really good story to tell, and I think a lot of people will probably be able to. What's the word I'm looking for? Resonate. resonate yeah they'd be able to resonate with what he where he was at so yeah it'd be a good one yeah i think i actually think that like like between us all there, there's some variations in our relationship with alcohol um and we've all landed at different points so i think it would be a pretty cool discussion and yeah, then the holiday period <laughs> eating and training is is also good because i'm I'm in the early stages of thinking how I'm going to get through the holiday period. Um, again, we will deal with that differently. And the big thing for me is just going to be like food and snacks on tap. Um, Murph every day. Is, 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 yeah, yeah. Eat what you like <laughs> and just, just do a Murph every day. I, Done. I, I have always said, like, I tell you what, like they say you can't outrun a shitty diet. But I think if there's a time to try, it's Christmas. You can. You, <laughs> you should at least can. give it a crack. Can, that's what that's, yeah. that's what you have to do it's like it's gonna happen to stay really bloody active just enjoy it <laughs> and it's only 10 yeah. days yeah it's, 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 it's expectations like that. that uh you'll, you'll be awake before everybody else get your workout done before the rest of the family starts appearing that's got to be the yeah uh, that's, that's going to be yeah, my strategy exactly yeah, yeah. yeah. Try, try, you all. half five in the morning daniel your phone's gonna be ringing i'm going oi you up? i'm in the gym yeah. get in that gym. Like it. I like it. Relying on doing a workout at 4 p.m. over the holiday period is just not going to happen. Right? You're right. Yeah. I think getting a, mm. getting a solid, big, active workout in the bank yeah. really early and then just making sure that steps are happening um, and then whatever outside yeah. of that is That's probably it, man. my strategy. But I'll think about it more before we talk about it. Yeah, and just like stick to straight vodka. <clears throat> like, you know, skip the beers and just straight vodka. It's a good you want answer. a glass of wine with your, with your Christmas dinner? No, I have a glass of vodka. Thanks and so much. Stick to the uh, bodies. Chuck Whoop away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're, we're yeah. Not copy, yeah, we can't actually be. Yeah. That's the only reason that you want to do a 30 day experiment about now, Rich. Uh, in December, you know absolutely. Start car crash. <laughs> no, 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 no. I can't, can't be dealing with that. Uh, and I will, I will not be tracking calories either over that kind of Christmas week period. Like, I don't want to know. 
go on and I agree. Me neither, me neither, me neither. All right, right, look, we're under an hour. Let's keep it under an hour. Um, We catch up. Have a good sleep as usual, Lewis. Thanks, mate. Have a good drive. Enjoy the rest of your day, guys. Catch you guys later. Bye. Bye.